How many times will we buy the same games on each new system? Unlimited times. On this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. All right, everyone, thanks for checking out this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio, and we like to start off the show by kicking it around and asking everybody what they've been playing and what they've been watching. We're going to start off with everyone's favorite Travis, Travis. Why, thank you. Uh, I've been playing mostly, um, when I'm not playing retro games, um, Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein 2, the new one that just came out. And it is amazing. Uh, This is it at its best. Well, the it engine at its best. Um, Just like the recent Doom relaunch, um, this game is so perfectly optimized. And it just looks beautiful. The gameplay is great and over the top and insane, and the story is great, like just like last time. I'm really loving it. Um, How far are you in the game? Probably, right now? I don't know exactly right off, but probably about seven hours in. Great, great. And, and uh, how are the graphics? I've heard they're pretty good. They are buttery. It's amazing. It's. Um, I mean, it's not like the best I've seen, but. It stands kind of above all the other games like this that I've seen in the past little bit. Um, But, yeah, like I said, everything is so well optimized. Um, I don't have the, like, a top-of-the-line rig, but I'm maxing everything out, and it's beautiful and better than some stuff that I can't max out. That sounds great. Yeah. As for what I've been watching, um, recently watched Stranger Things 2, which was amazing. Um, been catching up on Supernatural. It seems like Script and I are taking turns on Supernatural, but um, got another season left to catch up on. That's it gets better as it goes on. I'm hoping that we'll eventually get back to the glory of season five, but I don't think we will. But the Westworld Blu-rays just recently came out, so we just mm. we bought those and we're about halfway through that. Oh, is this your first time watching? No, this will be the third time. Oh, okay. Love that show. Can't wait for that's season two. Great show. Yes. And I guess that's about it. Tim, what you've been playing and what you've been watching. All right, so over the last week, my wife and I, we binged through uh, Stranger Things 2, which uh, also inspired me for a recent name change on Triple Ghost as well as Twitter. Uh, I've been looking for a new Twitter handle for a while, and unfortunately, absolutely everything out there is taken already. So after um, trying about a couple thousand different combinations of, you know, names, I checked to see if Timogorgon was available. Luckily, it was. I snapped it up before anybody else could grab it. <clears throat> so on Twitter and Cheerful Ghost, I am now Timogorgon instead of White Boy Slim. So what you gotta I do is just add a bunch back. of. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh. Yeah, I thought it was hard back in the day to come up with a BBS handle that wasn't taken, but it's like 
50 gajillion times worse on Twitter. It's like, what, yeah. someone took John? No! <laughs> and now it's like, it's like every combination under the sun has been taken. And even and even like AOL style, you just added three sixes to the end of everything. Oh, you yeah. can't even do that anymore. That's what I was no. going to say, Tim. You just got to add a bunch of numbers to the end of it. You can get anything you want <laughs> if you add enough numbers. Just add three sixes to the end of anything. Or 69. Or 69. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. All right. Oh, okay. So that's really the only thing of note that I've been watching outside of a certain movie that we will get to later. Um, as far as playing, uh, I think I mentioned on the, the last time I was on here that I had kind of stopped playing Final Fantasy VIII, just hadn't been getting around to it. Decided to pick it back up this last week. And um, as much as I love these older games and trying to play through them, there are certainly aspects of modern gaming I miss when I try to play them. For example, a quest log. I logged in and I had no fucking yeah. clue what the hell I was supposed to be doing in the game. Spent the first hour reading through walkthroughs, basically just keep you know going through until things stopped sounding familiar. <laughs> so, but um, once I once I got through that and got back into the game, I'm I'm having fun but with that at again. At least it doesn't have loot boxes, am I right? That this is true. <laughs> no loot boxes. You wish they had a loot box where you could be like, where am I? <laughs> no, don't. Uh, I think I'll I'll skip loot boxes in my Final Fantasy games. Um, you know they're coming. They're coming. It's it absolutely is probably. Uh, the only other thing I've been playing recently is um, still playing through Divinity Original Sin, the first one. Probably getting close to the end of the campaign. Just based on what level me and my my friend who've been playing with it are. Everybody online says you end like around level 21. We just recently hit level 19, so got to be getting close to the end here. That's about it for me these days. Cool. Script. What you've been playing? What you watching? I have been playing um, really uh the most recent, I think, is the November Humble Monthly. I subscribe to the monthly uh, bundle. I think I started a couple months ago, and neat. I, I think I like. I keep kind of forgetting to cancel because I I never really intended it to like be ongoing. Um, but they're actually decent. I mean, it's a really sweet deal. Twelve bucks for right. You know, and then they offer other incentives, you know, discounts on their already discounted store, and um, and the games are cool. One of the um, games in November was uh, Shadow Tactics: Blades of the Shogun, which is like a kind of isometric stealth ninja samurai game, um, and it's it's really cool. I mean, it's it's a beautiful game, and the stealth turn-based stealth action. I guess it's not even really turn-based. It's more... I guess it's real-time. It's real-time and stealthy. It's cool. And then I also picked up This War of Mine because it was on sale and I'd never played it before. And it that game... That game is good. It's... it's uh, This little war of mine. It's intense. Like, I didn't... I didn't think it would be... I've heard that it's an amazing game, and it's got, like, 
thousands and thousands of positive reviews on Steam. Yeah. Um, but it's it's gritty and it's very um, harsh, as I would assume war is. I have no idea what war is actually like, and if this is any indication, then I I don't want to have any part of it. But um, yeah, it's a it's a good game. And as far as what I've been watching, um, Stranger Things two season two was amazing. Um, I've been trying to get into uh, the uh, leftovers by Travis's recommendation, and I'm the only <laughs> the only reason that I'm still watching it. I think is because of Travis's recommendation. I'm I think I'm like two or three episodes into season two, and I just really don't like it. <laughs> I, do, I didn't like season one. It's it's just... I, I And I think I'm biased because I really don't like... I, this. And this is kind of the concrete, like the third strike. Like, I just really don't care for Damon Lindelof's style of writing or storytelling. It's just... I, I just I don't know. It's it's got to be a taste thing because I know I know you tried writing and you tried watching Prometheus again and you didn't like that either. So yeah. I think you really are allergic to his stuff. I think <laughs> I, I think that must be what it is. I mean, the, some of the characters are interesting, but the motivations are all over the map. And and I'm talking about leftovers now, at least with season one and going into season two, and it's like it, it's just it just feels like it's ironically it feels like it's missing something um and uh i don't know it's i'm hoping that it gets better i'm assuming it gets better yeah it's probably not for everybody but i do have like the guy who suggested that i watch it said that he despised the first season but then he really mm. liked season two and three that seems to be kind of a common thing from reading okay. like the, the leftover subreddit you, and stuff like that with so much TV out right now. How could you hate a season of a show? Like I don't have time to hate a season of a show. You know, I have I have no time to like hate watch a season. Uh, that's like some kind of commitment. I just don't understand. I mean, hats off to him. But did yeah. you ever watch the show um, Revolutions? I think it was called. No. Yeah, that was. Um that wasn't Lindelof, though. That was no, it wasn't Lindelof, but it was, it was John Favreau and J.J. Abrams, actually. And the, the guy from Indian? Supernatural, the Eric Kripke, was involved in it. Was too. that Kripke? Yeah. The first season was decent, and the second season was just awful, and then it eventually got canceled. We, I think it got canceled. Yeah, we just stopped watching Revolution like halfway through the first season. It's not a good show. It's just like it had such great ideas, but poorly. it just didn't. They didn't ever come to fruition. And that's kind of exactly how I feel about Leftovers. I feel like there's great ideas. I feel like the focus... It's weird, because my girlfriend likes it, and she understands the point of the story that's being told, I think, better than I do, because I'm I'm just telling her, like, I feel like when you introduce an event this phenomenal as, you know, millions of people disappearing in an instant, and you're focusing on what happens in this small little town between this group of people that are just for all intents and purposes they're just all self-absorbed it seems like you're focusing on the wrong thing it's like you you're telling the wrong story which could be i mean that's just me being one biased against damon lindelof telling this writer story and then 
on the other hand, wanting to know what's going on and not being satisfied. Yeah, I will tell you there's more focus put on that without giving anything away. There is right. more focus put on the event itself. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'm sure it'll get better. I, I trust your recommendation. Yeah, if you don't like it by the end of Season 2, I wouldn't bother. Or by, like, the <laughs> middle of Season 2, you can probably yeah. give up on it. If he, if he doesn't like it by the end of Season 2, you own 25 hours back is basically <laughs> what you do. <laughs> and he's going to... You, you owe him an IOU 25 hours of life ticket. And you, no, actually, you, t- technically, you should send that to Lindelof and be like, listen, buddy, it's more than that. We're counting lost now, so... I can't blame Lindelof just because I, I already don't like his stuff so I mean I I guess I didn't when I first started watching and I saw the credits roll because for some reason I thought the writer of Lost okay it's Carlton Cuse because I like his style and then when I saw Lindelof's name I was like oh. so like my heart just sank I'm like really alright that's probably why he's not on Twitter anymore. I think he got off Twitter or something for. No, well, not because of you. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, it was you personally. Sigh, right? Way to go, John. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, is that all you've been playing and watching? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Incredible. So, uh, what I've been playing? Well, I've been playing. I'd say the same thing every week, but it's all true, everybody. It's all true. Uh, the NES Classic. Um, so I've been focusing on Super Mario Brothers 2, um, which has up to this point been one of my favorite Mario games, but somehow just playing it this time around, I'm just not digging it as much. Partly, I think, probably because I'm getting my butt kicked a lot. Somehow, like, I used to be good at this game, and, like, I've kind of been good at it throughout the years, and I'm just getting wrecked um, more than usual. And I don't know... I don't know why. It's interesting. Oh, well. It legitimately could have something to do with the uh, input lag, since there's more of that on the NES Classic, and I kind of remember especially Luigi handling a little funny. That might have something to do with it. Yeah, well, I always play the princess, frankly. I think she's the best, but, like, anyways, uh, I don't know. I've been practicing up, and I'm better now, but I just kind of started getting wrecked immediately, and I'm like, wow, this is a lot harder than I remember. But, uh, But I just keep playing Mega Man 2, like, all the time I'm, I'm just i'm not speed running the game but i definitely am just playing the robot stages and trying to just get better and better and optimize my run and all that kind of thing and i can do really well uh get through all those uh, robot stages in 30 minutes and uh do really well at the beginning uh dr wiley stages so just playing through that and that's been really fun but i'm trying to think about finding another game that i kind of want to focus on and a nintendo game like on the nes classic that i haven't played before too so i'm thinking like maybe link Link's Ad- uh what is it? Uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Advent. What is the second one on the Nintendo? I forget. I'm really embarrassing myself now. What is that game called? Is it Adventure? Adventure Adventures of Link. There we are. I'm thinking about that one because I've never actually played that one before. So that should be fun. Um, let's see. Uh, the other night I played Heroes of the Storm. Um, just some casual matches, and that was really fun. Um, just got in there and kind of popped a few quests. It's a really great sort of you know hero brawler i I just think it's really fun if you don't really like mobas you can get in and play it and it's really great um so hearthstone i wrote on cheerful ghost is going to come out with a new sort of roguelike um uh, dungeon run mode and so i decided to sort of pick it back up again and try some of the single player content that didn't play uh for the last expansion uh knights of the frozen throne um and it's hearthstone uh still so uh, I don't know. It was really weird because I like I like played it for so many years and then I walked away, um, and then I sort of picked it up again and it kind of made me. I was like, like 
I got really sick, honestly, that I might be spending like half my life playing this game again. So I was like, but I want to play it. But on the other hand, it was like, uh, uh, must not play. You know what I mean? It was kind of a weird moment, but, um, but the new content's fun and I got some new cards and so that was cool. Um, one of the things I was watching was my friend Dan got me a BlizzCon streaming ticket this year. So um, I watched the panels for StarCraft Remastered, StarCraft II, Heroes of the Storm, Hearthstone, a bunch of other stuff, as well as all the tournaments for all those games as well. And boy, was that fun. Um, it's really cool just to watch the event live and all the stuff that Blizzard is doing. Um, they're doing a lot with Hearthstone. That was a really big focus. Overwatch was a really big focus. Um, uh, I thought I want to... And I sort of didn't talk about this on Cheerful Ghosts, but I kind of want to mention it here. I, I think our, it's just a question, but is Blizzard done with ideas for World of Warcraft? Because if you look at the new World of Warcraft, it's like World of Warcraft, World at War, or something like that. That's the name of it. And and, and really all it is is like the Horde and the Alliance it's fighting again <laughs> in another expansion. And I'm just wondering, and it's like, and and, and the and the cinematic was just like the Horde and the Alliance fighting, and no side really won. Or like, well, one side's winning for a minute, and then the other side's winning for the minute, and then it's all ambiguous at the end who's going to win. And it's just like they might as well have named it World of Warcraft. We're going to keep going as long as you will, assholes. I mean, really, I I don't I don't get what the point of this game is anymore. <laughs> like, and if they've given up entirely on trying to tell a story or something. I mean, I'm not trying to slam them. I love Blizzard. I just, it just seems so, I don't know, like, circular. Yeah, yeah, I just, it it doesn't seem like it's a thing. Like, they're not even trying anymore. Now, and, and, explain something for me. Now, it's been a long time since I've played WoW, but... Right, right. Have the Horde and Alliance not been warring for a while? No, always. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. that, at least in the, in the in the game they've always been fighting. But always. then I think the expansions they sometimes they introduce uh, a common enemy. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Right, but this one's like, hey guys, let's let's fight again. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so and I'm wondering in general, just in general, if Blizzard is done telling stories or at least not telling them in the same way and this is kind of what i mean right so um you used to be that when you bought a blizzard game you'd get a game with a single player campaign and that used to be the selling point actually and online i always felt like was an extra component that a lot of people did but the main selling point for me and it seemed like for them was telling an epic story right you could see that with the original warcraft warcraft 2 starcraft warcraft 3 blah 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 blah. there's always some really crazy story and thing to push things along well i don't really see that so much anymore for instance let's take starcraft 2 right okay well um now what they're doing is they're releasing chests or these battle chests that contain like skins and voice announcers and stuff and then there's comic books and that's how they're continuing the story in these little comic books okay well cool but i don't know i sort of i mean comic books are easier than a game i suppose and that is a story but i don't know it just seems kind of like i don't know i, I don't play i don't like want to read a blizzard comic book i kind of want to play a game i guess that's kind of like why i like blizzard for games anyways well hearthstone well that's not really a story that's just like hey all this lore you know let's just 
put characters in the game, right? Okay, well, there's not really a story they're pushing through. There's just characters and lore. Same with this World of Warcraft thing. I, I don't get the story. There's no story here. It's just it's fight again. Okay, interesting. Diablo 3, like, they just released a Necromancer pack. You know, like, and then a bunch of maps. Some lore in there. Not really a story or anything. Overwatch. Well, there's some lore there. I guess there's a story, I guess. Maybe. Just lore, mostly. So I don't really know. I, I don't really know. I, I wonder if like Blizzard and Valve are becoming similar now. They're just making multiplayer experiences that have lore on them. You know, and, and I guess that's cool, but I don't really want to read the book and the and the comic book for that kind of stuff, I guess. I'll just read a book or a comic book, which generally do that kind of thing better, I would say. So I don't know. It just it was a little disappointing to me. And they didn't even have a Diablo 3 what's next panel at all. Like nothing. All they did was um, just talk about, you know, how they made the Necromancer, which I thought was a little sad. I don't know what's happening with Diablo 3 um, or anything. So I don't know. It, it it was a really fun event that I really loved. And if you love Blizzard, you really need to subscribe to the ticket, get a bunch of virtual goods and stuff. I just I just have questions about where they're headed as a company. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it's good that the biggest companies in the world aren't doing story games anymore because then it allows other companies to succeed, you know, like indies or whatnot. But it's a little sad because that's kind of been the, you know, for me, you know, story games have been really a big draw to Blizzard. And I just don't see that anymore. So it was a little sad, but yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think there's World of Warcraft is such a it's such a big thing as any MMO is. I think, but I mean, it's been around for since what '04, so it's it's really old. It's been around for for longer than most TV shows, even. Yep, um, absolutely. And so they've got. I mean, there's. When I played, I played it for a long time. And there was lots of stories within the big games. So oh yeah, you, totally. You played it for maybe not one cohesive story. And like while you were talking, I was listening, but I was also I had the sound muted, but I was watching the new features overview for <laughs> Battle of Azeroth, is what it's called, World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth. Right there, we are. Right. I, I have to say, it makes me want to play World of Warcraft. <laughs> it looks it looks really good. It looks cool. Um, Oh, I thought I it didn't, but yeah, I get well, it. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's for a particular person, right? It's for a, it's for an MMO player, right? And and I'm sure that's what they want. It's just when I watched it, it just seemed it evokes feelings of know. adventure. It's not if you're looking for a, a specific story, then it's the wrong game, maybe. But like the way, um, what was the Star Wars one, Old Republic? Yeah, Old Republic. Yeah, that one had a a linear story, didn't it? Right, right. Yes. Yeah, and this is like a completely different type of experience, but more like an actual world that you discover little stories that tie people together, and you can do it all with your friends. I don't know. I'll tie this one up really quick because admittedly I'm not an MMO player at all and when Hearthstone had an event where you had to level up to level 10 and wow to get a special priestess or something I can't remember what it was exactly uh-huh. I was more bored than one can possibly imagine mm-hmm. it was like I was I was like I was a job that I didn't want to have 
right. um, because it was just like, wow, okay, what's the point of all this? But again, I know a lot of people love it and I don't mean to offend any wow people, but um, I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure it'll be great. So that was, I saw the BlizzCon thing. Just watch Stranger, Saint, Str- Stranger Things Season 2. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that probably in an extra episode. But uh, And then Blade Runner 2049. Um I really like that a lot, but I have a lot of thoughts on that, and I don't really want to get into them now. Maybe we'll do something a little bit later when everyone's seen it in the roundtable, or in the radio, uh, because uh, I've got a lot to say about that. Um, so I think that'll wrap things up for what we've been playing and what we've been watching. Okay, so the other day, and by the other day I mean yesterday, Script sent me a game on Steam called Superflight. It's an interesting game, I didn't really think too much about it, but it was cool. Thank you, Script, for giving me that fun game. So I installed it, and I played it. And um, Script, do you want to describe a little bit about Superflight and why you decided to give it to all of us? I found it i think it was on the new release page on um section on steam's uh storefront and uh i didn't really know what it was and then i saw the video and i was like wow that looks really cool it's a a student game these three guys uh made this game where it's basically a uh, wingsuit simulator you um you're a cardboard looking action figure and you fly through procedurally generated levels um, that are very blocky, um, and uh, it's it's just huge maps where you fly and you try to get points to um, by doing combos. The closer you fly to the environment, the more points you get, and you can string all these together, um, or you can fly around in a zen mode and just be um, chill and just enjoy the scenery. I thought it was uh, really cool. The biggest incentive was initially was that it was only like like it's on sale right now for two dollars and sixty nine cents. I was like, this is, I mean, why not try it out? Um, and I played it and I couldn't stop playing it because the thrill of the speed of it. Like I love games like that, like Burnout or um, some of the flying sequences in in uh, the Just Cause games or you know any games that evoke speed like that. I I, I tend to get a kick out of and this felt like it it felt better than any like this is what they should have been making when they were trying to make superman games like it just feels like this absolute rush um and you can yeah i'll give you that it feels like you're flying and falling and it's just great i mean they got that really well and you can seed the the levels you can type in any configuration of letters numbers punctuation whatever and you can create an infinite number of levels, so they say. Um, and you can share that seed with a friend, and if they enter it exactly the way you did, then they'll be playing the exact same level. So you can essentially um, share all these levels with your friends, and then you can all be playing the same level and find your own runs and try to get high scores. It's, I don't know, it's just a neat... My friends my that I play with in Alaska and my cousins in Colorado, and we... We've been playing it nonstop for the past couple of days, and it's just, I don't know, it's just really, and we're all in Discord together chatting about, oh my god, you got you got to check this level out, and we send each other oh, a that's CD, cool. and then 
fly through and I don't know it's just a lot of fun and I, I thought it'd be cool to promote a little gem like that and I wanted to see how you guys responded and what your what your take on it was yeah what do you think of it Travis I granted I've only put like a probably about an hour or less into it but I mean you kind of see what the game is with two or three minutes but the you know your score builds up the better you do the closer you fly to the structures and the, lo- the longer you stay alive obviously but uh, man I'm just hooked on it like I um, I love the mechanics it re- kind of reminds me of the way uh, the Arkham games feel when you're gliding over Gotham City except they got the mechanics better than Arcane did it's, it's Arcane is that right um, Arkham. No, like the the publisher, the the people who made it. That's not Arkham. No. I think Arcane Studios. Yeah. Is it okay? Uh, yeah. Anyway, whoever did yeah, it, they, it seems like they did a better job than than they did with the Arkham games. Um, but yeah, I, I love the the seeds. I you know you and I script were kicking a couple around earlier today. You can get some really right. cool stuff just typing random things in there. But yeah, yeah. The one thing that I'd really love to see is a phone version of this because this is a great game to fill. Like you've got ten minutes to kill. Let's do something. It'd be great to have that on the go. Motion controls would yeah. probably be a little weird, but uh, like the virtual buttons would work really well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Rocksteady Game Studios Rocksteady. did. Uh, That's it. Did the Arkham That's City it. games? Yeah. What do you think, White Boy? Uh, sorry, Tim. What do you think of? Uh, Um, I played it for the first time earlier today and yeah I immediately got hooked in fact the only reason I stopped playing it was because I had to get ready to come record this with you guys (laughs) it it sucks you in right away because it is just it's a very simple game Um, there's not a lot to it but it what it does is it does really well the flight mechanics feel really good the controls feel really tight and almost immediately like I, I wasn't paying attention to my score so much as I was just generating new maps looking for interesting you know interesting terrain and then just trying to find like cool things to fly through yeah um, yeah and, and like it, immediately it's like I started like coming up with like challenges for myself like oh this map has this like really cool like archway that goes into a canyon and then there's like a really narrow thing you can exit I gotta make sure I can fly through that like I, I gotta do that just to do it you know it's really fun um, and this is definitely a game I am going to come back to when I have just a few minutes to kill or I just need it, it's also very relaxing so I'll probably use it to de-stress <laughs> you know yeah. it's yeah it's very cool I, I'm very impressed with how much fun this little game is considering it was so inexpensive and it was designed by students yeah and you mentioned the yeah. relaxing uh, it's a relaxing game and it kind of reminds me of the Genova Chen games like Flow and Flower because you know there's no like there's there's a goal but there's no enemy and you can just kind of relax and fly through and everything it's not something you see very often anymore yeah, um, I agree. It, well, I think you do in that it's uh, it's obviously like a uh, kind of a, an indie game, 
but I don't, and, and, but I don't think that's bad. I mean, it kind of harkens to like if if uh, if Minecraft, you know, was a flying game, kind of a little bit, um, maybe a little sleeker than that. And, and I really like it. In fact, when you open up the game, it's like made with Unity. And the only reason why you get that screen is if you want it or you didn't buy Unity, which is awesome. You know what I mean? It's like using the evaluation version or whatever, which is fine, which I think is totally cool. Um, but the game, it's I think it's one of the best examples of a, a simple concept that um, really translates into an actual playable game. Because a lot of times you get these sort of game jam game ideas and they're not really a fun game you know what i mean it's like it's like a concept that someone was really proud of but didn't turn into actually a fun game this is actually a fun game um with a really great concept so i think it's a a really good example of just you know what you can do um with tools and sort of um experimenting and the way that you fly in between things and i was trying really hard to um, fly as close as I could to things and get pull off these really crazy moves and I just get wrecked and I love the effect for when you die you just shatter <laughs> that's really cool I uh, kind of wanted to see a couple different kinds but like I said it's a it's sort of a simpler game but uh, I really liked it a lot thanks John that was really cool um, it was really neat to just get a little game install it and play it and I really like the fact that I had no idea what it was like it could have been some like bouncing boob simulator or whatever. I had no idea what this game was and I just played it blind and I don't ever do that. I don't ever play a game blind. So I was like, what is this? And then immediately I'm just flying and I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And and one thing I also want to say about the game is the play controls are really tight. Wow, it's a really tight play control. Yeah. It's not loose at all. They've really spent a lot of time optimizing the play control for this game. Yeah. And the way they did it is really, um, it's very similar, even though you're only using, and the game doesn't even tell you how to play it, right? I just figured it out. It was just arrow keys or whatever, but it very reminds me of a flight stick, even though I didn't have a flight stick. It just felt like <laughs> one, even with the arrow keys. Yeah. So again, what they were able to do with just unity and some arrow keys is pretty incredible so um yeah it's a cool game yeah my only recommendation is grab a controller yes after i my first couple runs i plugged in my uh 360 controller and it's it's perfect to be run with a controller awesome well i think that'll wrap up all of our thoughts on super flight So, with the Nintendo and Super Nintendo Classic and Microsoft making original Xbox games available on modern systems, it seems everyone is giving old games the HD treatment, and with classic game conventions like Portland Retro Game Expo, retro gaming is now a huge part of the industry. Um, And so this is something we've been talking about, maybe less script talking about this maybe more just tim travis and i but uh one thing that i was wondering is is uh, this focus on retro game like good or should we really just be focusing on new games and just sort of take all that old stuff and transfer it to the to the old recycling bin and just focusing on the new stuff but i'm wondering what we all kind of think about retro games and if that's sort of a good way to look at it and i'm going to start things with the way that i like to for these discussions i'm going to start them right there with script go ahead script you go first <laughs> um well 
okay, it's it's not that I have anything against retro games. I like retro games, I think, just as much as anybody. I just He, he just bought a copy of Earthbound and burned it before this, just so everyone knows. <laughs> I just don't... Um, I don't think that... Um, okay, ultimately it comes down to this. I think that the gaming industry needs to come up with a long-term solution for the posterity of games. The constant release of quote-unquote HD or a new console that supports or we're going to provide backwards compatibility for our original games if you're Microsoft, um, it, it is draining um, consumers because you're just rebuying everything over and over again. Um, half the time it's not even really an improvement to the game, it's just the game the way it was, which... Anybody that's watched old TV shows from when they were a kid and watched them when they were adult, they realize that, huh, it's not really quite the way that I remember it. Um, and games are the same way, at least um, when I go back and I play retro games, even like if it's on the NES or Super NES or whatever, um, even PlayStation 1, the, the experience is different. Um, Maybe there's a different appreciation for where things were now that I'm older, but um, the there's a bit of magic that disappears um, when you get older and you kind of see behind the curtain, I guess. And plus you're introduced with all these new games, which... And there are so many new games coming out. Um, I think that um, if the industry can come up with a long-term solution... Um, then that would be preferable. Like, can I can I help sort of restate one of your points again? Because I just am trying sure. to understand it. Okay. It sounds to me like what you're saying is there's no really great way to go back and play old stuff. And so it's fracturing gaming a little bit and it's bringing away from gamers' focuses. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Um, and, then, and then when this old stuff comes back, it's not really adding anything. They're just like, hey, here's this other thing again. Buy it again. Well, I think that companies are using it that way. I mean, playing old Nintendo, like when I had a Wii and I was playing Donkey Kong on the Wii or Metroid on right. the Wii, I mean, it played well. It was cool. Right. I played, you know, those games and I enjoyed them and I think it was a good experience. I just think that the actual game itself, some games don't age well, I guess, is what I'm yep, saying. I agree with that, um, yep. For the ones that do, that's great. But okay, I bought it when I was a kid, or I didn't buy it when I was a kid, but it was you know it was there when I was a kid, and then uh, I bought it on the GameCube because they had a collection for Zelda games, and then for the Wii they had right. collections for the Super Mario games, and so it's, you're just rebuying the same game over and over to accommodate whatever the current structure is because. Right. We had mentioned this a little bit earlier in our pre-show, but um, games are different because they're alive in a sense. Software has to run, like literally, we use the word run, it's an active word. It has to be run on a machine, and so you can't appreciate it or experience it the same way you can just pick up a book and read it or listen to music from the 60s or the 30s or whatever. It's it it has to have a infrastructure to accommodate it, and uh, 
And so, I, I don't know, maybe there is no long-term solution, I don't know, because technology keeps changing, but I think that's what I would like to see, is something to where we don't have to keep buying the same things over and over. I'm with you on that, unless it adds something. Um, yeah, unless rebuying it adds something for you or the game, I kind of agree with you on that, but... Because, I mean, it's I mean, all, at this point, like with the Microsoft stuff, it's it's a marketing, I, I see it as a marketing employee because the the original Xbox games, I don't know, they're, well, I I don't know if they're, are they doing original Xbox games or are they doing yeah. 360 games? They're well, they already original. had 360 and then they're bringing back the original Xbox games to run on the yeah. Xbox One. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just don't, original Xbox games don't look that great. And most of them are... They're upsc- I believe they're upscaling them. But they're all... Most of them are, I think, formatted for 4.3 uh, uh, aspect ratio. I don't uh, a lot of the games, I think, could run in 16 by 9. At least mm. the Wii games could. So Yeah, I don't know. I just see it as them throwing a little... A little, you know, sugar out to entice people to... Oh, I think that's exactly the reason. I think they're doing the original Xbox games compatibility to say, hey, look, PlayStation doesn't do this, everybody. We're better. You know what I mean? I don't think it's because they love those old games. I think they need to sell those systems. I think it's totally yeah. more cynical than like, we love the old games. They don't. They want you to buy the new stuff. Yeah. Anyways, so what do you think, Travis? Yeah, I... Is it healthy? Uh, old games? I think that it's it's healthy to you know, to want to keep playing these games if you love them, but the the repurchasing over and over again i i agree with script on this one um and i think the long-term solution might be like some sort of maybe not the emulator software itself but like an engine that can run like a plug-in that an officially officially developed plug-in to emulators or something because you know nintendo's not going to want to support this emulator for years but if they could write just the library needed for an open source emulator to take over with it and then have some sort of an official storefront to buy these things and you buy them once on this emulator and you can potentially keep playing them forever i don't think they'd ever do that because that takes it well out see of their this hands. is the area i want to i want to push okay this is an area where i think nintendo needs to improve on right because steam does this now right you buy a copy of a game and it can run on like three platforms or whatever. And then I on my Wii, I bought the original Legend of Zelda. And I can't play it on the 3DS. I can't play it on the Wii U. I can't play it on the Switch, even though you can rebuy it on each one of those systems. That sucks yeah. a lot. Yeah. And Nintendo can do it where you'd have a Nintendo license for a game and a port forward to all systems that that becomes available on. Mm-hmm. Nintendo's model needs to change. And I think that's what John Scripps talking about. And I totally agree with that. And the only way to get around that one with Nintendo is emulation. And frankly, I don't... I mean, I think Nintendo's doing it to themselves. I'll just be honest with you. I really do. Not to say I didn't buy the Super Nintendo Classic. I did. I love it. But... Uh, sorry, Travis. I didn't mean to jump on oh, you. I just feel really strongly about that point specifically. Yeah, and that would be great if... I don't know what exactly needs to be done to get these games ready for each of the new systems. You would think that it would just be once they get their Super Nintendo emulator ready for the Wii or whatever, they could port that to the new systems and all the games would run on it. But it seems like they roll them out gradually, and maybe that's just a pure marketing thing. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's actually more of a resourcing thing. I mean, 
I've been like I just think that Nintendo has a bazillion things to do, and yeah. it's not a high priority list for them. You know what I mean? And they just they'll get to it when they do, and it's not it's not like incredible feats of engineering to do that they just have to have engineers that spend time on it and it's not a priority for them right now oh, I, no. just, I just don't think it's much more than that well, what i mean is like when they get the it seems like when they get one snes game ready for the switch they would all be ready the ones that they've ported before right right if, right i think it's a marketing point after yeah, that but yeah yeah but yeah I, I don't know what the solution is but people do keep buying them so i don't think there's much of a reason for them to work on that at least not right now maybe that'll change with when the ps5 comes out and there's (laughs) hd re 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 remix of the first god of war game or whatever you know maybe people will eventually get sick of it but it seems like people still jump on everything retro so they're gonna they might just keep doing it the way they've been doing it well and and you you bring up the playstation and one of their solutions i'll i don't i don't think it's a really good solution but they have the playstation now which is a streaming right. service yep that you can play on client machines you're you, you have a client and you can play on server you know server running machines and i i tried it it's once. on my blu-ray player actually oh really and there you go yeah i could get a playstation which, 4 controller and play playstation games on my blu-ray player there you go there's your you know one one license to play on multiple machines right um it, it's not a great solution because some of those games require, you know, uh, uh, the latency is probably an issue, but mm-hmm. it could it's be a better for some. idea. Yeah. yeah. So, Tim, I had a question. So, why are people gobbling up retro games and even new games? Uh, some of the more popular indie ones are kind of like retro styled, like Shovel Knight. Um, and or like Cuphead, which kind of like is like retro and super super hard. Like, why is retro gaming still a thing? Like, why are these games being made? I think a lot of it has to do just because the people that are creating the content now are the people who played these kind of games as a kid. You know, so uh, the games that you grew up on, that you had a lot of fun on, you want to try and recreate that experience. You know. So I don't, I don't think it's there's any real big secret that like now's why all these are coming out other than just you know everybody likes to bring in that nostalgia from their childhood and so we're recreating all this. Yeah, um, I agree. I had a bunch of video games that I had designed when I was bored in school and PS I was bored in school a lot, so I designed a lot of games. And I think a lot of people now can just make them. So, yeah, I agree. <laughs> So one of the things that I hear a lot is that retro games are just nostalgia tripping and people just trying to reconnect with their youth and get the old warm fuzzies back. It's like Bell Bottoms or, I don't know, Stranger Things is kind of a show that's very, very reminiscent of the 80s. More than just a little bit, I think. Um, Is it just trying to tap into old feelings or is there something there that people are doing like for the sake of playing them what do you think script i i think um i think that's obviously part of it i mean nostalgia is is uh i think an important part of growth you know just remembering um 
I never thought of that before. That's interesting. Um, I I think it's a different sort of... I mean, bringing back the exact game that you played as a kid is one thing. Remaking or making, creating a new experience that pays homage to... uh, to those memories is something I, I think entirely different um, which I don't like Stranger Things is not a recreation by any means it pays tribute to a lot of things um, every episode has got something from that is either directly tied to our childhood or or reflects upon in, in some very obvious way um, and I think that's it's, I, don't, I don't see that as a bad thing. I personally get tired of playing retro games. Like I don't, I don't. There's not a huge interest. I, I like them. I think they're important, but I, I'm not as interested in them as I am in new things. Um, but I, I can appreciate like Cuphead. I think it's a beautiful game. I haven't played it, but I, I, I think it's a beautiful game. Um, games, uh, any any 2D platformer, I guess, would be considered a retro experience, I guess, to some extent. But um, I uh, I don't know. I think there's just so much cool stuff out there, and people are making cool things that it's it's a shame to keep playing the same games over and over again. Um, I mean, I feel guilty enough playing Rocket League as much as I do. And, and I, try to, I try to play new stuff just to see what people are making. Um, right. There's a lot of talent out there, so it's, I don't know. So I thought about this point the other day because I think that a lot of people seem to think that like just playing retro games is, uh, and I'm not saying you said this show or anything like that. I just mm-hmm. something I've been thinking about, which is, you know, it's all nostalgia tripping. That's kind of the point I was alluding to earlier. And I, for me, I don't, I think that it is, a little bit of that but it's also the same when you play a new game and you get those endorphins kicking and they make you feel good i don't think people play video games or mu- listen to music or watch movies and don't expect some kind of emotional connection to what you're doing right that's why we do it if you don't have one you move on and then you really just didn't like country or whatever i have no emotional well and maybe a negative one and that's why i don't listen to it but like and not even that negative it's mostly just eh, well this is not interesting so so, I mean, that's kind of why like, we play games anyways. I mean, you know, you play Wolfenstein 2 and you're like, wow, this is really great. Or you have some kind of make, or this is really scary. Or this is really disturbing. You have some connection to it or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the characters and everything. And I think for me, it's not, it's that, but it isn't. I think it's more like I have a huge ca- um, movie catalog and I have a huge music catalog actually. And I watch those movies and listen to those albums again because I think it's part of who I am to listen to that kind of stuff and to watch that stuff kind of shaped how I think about things Um, and the discussions I've had with my friends and I have the same kinds of discussions with my friends sometimes it's not like we every discussion I have with my friends is unique and inventive you know what I mean we talk about Star Wars a lot you know what I mean make a lot of the same kind of jokes a lot we talk about the same kind of things that we've done in our lives a lot because that's what it is to be human I think for me and so there are things that just remind me of being me and like going home for lack of a better word um and it's just like sometimes I come back to something and I get something new out of it and sometimes I come back to it and like you say script and I get nothing out of it or it doesn't age very well or I'm like wow that was clearly a moment that just existed for me when I was a kid and those are great not everything you can come back to but 
I sort of take these things and I sort of come back to them in the way that I read The Hobbit and I'm going to keep reading that book because I think it's the best. Um, yeah. And I just kind of, you know, and it's just kind of just part of who I am now, I think, in that way. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, one uh, last question to sort of wrap up the whole discussion with a nice, neat bow is how many times are we going to keep buying these things again? We talked about that a little bit before script. Is there a limit we have to rebuying things over and over? I think personally I've gotten the original Zelda like three times. Um, and I have over ten versions of Star Wars in my collection as well. So that might be kind of nuts. Tim, what, what do you think? Like, are you ever going to stop buying um, them? Well, I, I, you know, I kind of wanted to throw this out to the group here. Just off the top of your head, like, what are some games that you've rebought? you know more than once and we'll uh for this discussion we'll exclude games that you had to rebuy like because you lost it or the original okay. got broken or something all right so just games that you you know still owned could be playing on the old systems or whatnot but you've rebought over the years just what are some games that you've you've done that travis you go first do you count things like um like HD remasters or yes, okay. absolutely. So then, yes, like the yes. Mario All Stars cart for um, Super Nintendo would count then as well. Yes, it would. Okay. You bought the original Mario Brothers. You bought so, Super Mario All Stars, and then all the versions of that. Yes. Yeah, so Super Mario Brothers, and well, all three of them on the NES. Uh, Mario All Stars on the SNES. At least one or two of those games on the Wii. Did you get a Game Boy Advance version of those games? No, I did not. Okay. I actually don't have a Game Boy Advance. I kind of skipped that one. Um, And then the Wii had the the re-release of that for an anniversary. So I bought the Mario All-Stars. Oh, the disc. You bought the disc. Just for the... Mostly for the shelf value on that one, but... Totally. So I think that's the one I've bought the most over the years, probably. Oh, hold on. You missed a couple versions of that. Then you got... The Super Nintendo Classic. Oh, wait. No. You didn't get the NES Classic, did you? I didn't get the NES Classic. Oh, like that would add one to it. Yeah. SNES Classic, unfortunately, didn't have that, but I get it why they didn't. Yeah. Script. What games have you rebought? Not like a ton, I guess. I mean, like, the most common purchases that I have when I I rebuy things is stuff that, that translates to. Like, I've bought fable on pc and i had it on 360 or like kingdoms of amalur reckoning that was on uh, 360 and i got it for pc um so those transitions um whether i was changing formats i mean obviously i i don't know not that i even play it but for some stupid reason i i bought like uh final fantasy 7 for just about everything that it's come out for um and i honestly have no reason why um <laughs> i mean i liked it i've i've played it on everything that i've i haven't finished it on on anything other than the the ps1 but i, I don't know it's just a, a thing either it was on sale or anything you know that's something that i want in my collection you know that i want to be able to play without having to dig out a ps1 um and definitely Metroid on uh, on the Wii. Uh, I don't know, but I don't think that I've purchased any game more than three times. 
Like that's probably been my limit. I think that's mine too, because I'm thinking about like the original Legend of Zelda. I had the original cart, and then I got it on the Wii, and then I have it on the NES Classic, and I don't think I have any other versions of it. But I have purchased a couple of games, like versions of Tetris, but they're all newer versions of Tetris. It's like mm-hmm. I had Tetris on the NES cart, and then I had it on the Game Boy, and then I have it on the NES Classic, and then I got it on uh, the Wii, which was a special Tetris version, and then I got it on the Nintendo 64. So, like, I don't know. I guess I got all those, but those are, like, sequels. Some of them are sequels, and they're not exactly Tetris games. But also, like you said, games like roller some games where I had the disc and then I bought it on Steam because I didn't have a Steam copy but it was in like a bundle like Roller Coaster Tycoon I played the original Fallout 3 on PS3 and then I got it on PC that kind of stuff but uh, I think really the thing that I've rebought the most is probably Star Wars Uh, that's like a collector's thing I think so and with the NES and SNES Classic and then Nintendo will probably do another version of those in 4K or something and I'll probably buy that maybe I don't know but uh, or maybe not I don't know probably look fine still in 720p or whatever I still I refuse know. to buy the original Star Wars trilogy until they release the original theatrical versions in HD yeah yeah I'm pretty sure Disney will at some point yeah, I mean I it'll get... they'll do that after the seven eight and nine are done or something yeah maybe i mean i i'm pretty sure they will because they like selling people things that they're gonna buy and everyone's like i will only buy if and disney's like i'm getting ready <laughs> <laughs> i mean george they're not standing on george lucas's vision anyway like they don't care they're like we're standing on our ability to make money people <laughs> boy are they so. milking that franchise for every cent they can <laughs> right exactly all right yeah. everyone um so uh uh, uh, everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Um, and let's uh, end things off by uh, talking about where people can find more of us online. Travis, where can people find more of you online? You can find me at cheerfulghost.com slash Travis or at Twitter at not Travis Newman. Script. Uh, cheerfulghost.com slash script. Uh, Instagram, John Ingalls Art. Tim. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Timogorgon, or you can find me on Triple Ghost, TripleGhost.com slash Timogorgon. All right, and you can find me at Cheerful Ghost slash J Dotson or at Twitter at J Dotson. All right, thanks everybody for watching this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio with your eyes. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com, and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show, and thanks for listening.